Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Good afternoon, Sis Pimelo. It's Fiso here in Richards Bay. It's actually sad that I saw that story yesterday, Tim, because it lodged about the, 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 the domestic violence. I thought maybe it was going to be dominating the media everywhere, but I see that it just died down. Actually, it's you who just reminded me of the story. And it's sad that we are not talking about these cases because before you know it, uh, tomorrow or the next day after tomorrow, we hear that a woman has been killed, uh, something has happened. Because we didn't hold those, especially high-profile people like Temigosi Lodge to account. This is sad. We need to talk about these issues. Thanks. Okay, at least I'm not the only one. So my my uh, take on this was initially, okay, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a soccer fan or anything like that. I may I may have missed it, and then I thought to myself, no, actually, that's not how it's supposed to work. The story was supposed to have made headlines, ir- irrespective of whether I follow soccer or not. And the big question for me um, is why hasn't it? And I have a very uncomfortable theory about why it hasn't. And my theory is very simple. It's because the lady survived. She, we only make headlines of people who have died. That's my logic of how we are reacting to the story. It absolutely pains me because this story for me has just raised just what it is that we are dealing with here in a fundamental way. Had she died everybody would be talking about her. Had she died, she would have been a hashtag. We would have been marching. There would have been memorials and, and, and. And at no point would anybody would, would anybody have been asking, well, is he not uh, innocent until proven guilty? So the question is, why isn't anybody saying anything about it? Why aren't the people who would have been sending condolences saying anything about it? I'm baffled. I really, really am struggling with the situation because I'm starting to understand what is wrong with our society. You've got to die first for us to remember you matter. That's actually what's happening here. You, she has she has got to die. He's on he's he's now out on bail. Two thousand Rand. One, two. Two thousand Rand bail. He's out on bail. So I'm gonna unpack the story for an entire hour with different people. Other people are going to give us the legal perspective. We have uh, three bills now that were presented yesterday, and um, we want to know how those are going to impact all of us with regards to dealing with gender-based violence. But look, there are people who are, who are doing something, who are raising awareness, and uh, that organization is Sonka Gender uh, Gender justice who who've released a statement which to my pleasure was just wonderful to see because i started thinking okay so someone's as concerned as i am um a representative from gender songa gender justice is with us on the line it's given sigauke who's a communications and information manager there a very thank you very much for joining us this afternoon good afternoon given good afternoon thank you for having me and good afternoon to your listeners well, I have to say, first of all, thanks for recognizing the story. Uh, what compelled you to, to put out a statement? Um, I think it's, it's more of what you spoke uh, to already, Pamela, that um, unlike other stories, this, this one seems uh, to have slipped, you know, um, under the carpet. And to be honest with you, normally this is what happens when a case involves a high-profile um, person. 
uh, the stories tend uh, to be shoved under the rug. And we decided that uh, this should not be the case. We cannot be outraged only when the end uh, results in a brutal murder. What beyond writing a statement is, is the plan of action? The plan of action, um, um, like we said, is that uh, our concern in particular is uh, Orlando Paris's reaction uh, to uh, to Ngozi's uh, allegations. You know, um, we note in the statement that they released, you know, in a two-paragraph pathetic uh, statement where they mentioned nothing about possibly disciplining um, the the player. All they do simply condemn all forms of violence. This is not enough. Uh, women in South Africa die at a very high rate. So our plan is to continue engaging and calling out uh, not only a lot of parents, but the PSL. If you remember, also in the last few games of the PSL, uh, if you, you, you take a look at the stands, they take a clear stance on gender-based violence. So now we are concerned that now, when it's actually time to act and, and, and show their stance, they are nowhere to be found. Hmm. Thank you so much for giving us the time. I know we've said we're just going to speak to you about the um, this press release. We're going to let you go and then bring you on, I suppose, uh, at a later stage to unpack this further. Sia Gentile, we, he's been on the show many, many times, and he represents Not In My Name. He's a president thereof. And um, I often look to them because, as the name of the organization aptly says, you know, things like this shouldn't be happening in their name. Sia, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Sia. Did you hear? Uh, were you able to hear us? Welcome to the show. I, hi, Pimelo. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I kept losing you there, oh, so I, I, see. I couldn't get the question. Please, okay. Not a problem at all. What's your reaction mm. to Tembingosi Loch's um, story? Um, the, the story, very briefly, to those who don't understand, he's an Alonso, Alando Pirates midfielder. He was arrested a couple of days ago, uh, released on bail of 2,000 rand yesterday, I believe, and uh, he's alleged to have um, beat his girlfriend, uh, throttled her, and so on. Um, This was an incident that happened on Sunday. What's your reaction to that? Yes, no, thank you so much, Pimelo. You know, I was briefed about this story, and then I, you know, I made a little research of my own. Mm. Um, Look, we we, we are one, I'd say, as an organization, we're not surprised. We come across such incidences on a daily basis. But of course, Tenigos is not an ordinary, you know, somebody. Uh, he is um, a public figure, and a lot of our boys are looking up to him as as a role model, and that for us is is concerning. Um, but we we are very saddened, and 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 you know by by the manner in which he has behaved as a public figure, um, and as an organisation, we will then uh, moving forward be involved in in, in 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 the case as it is. I mean, I, I heard that uh, he will be appearing on the eighth of October in court. I will, I will I will try to get someone to track this story for us and see how we can uh, be of assistance to uh, uh, the victim and even to him himself because part of the conversation that we are trying to push as an organization is around rehabilitation. If uh, the man is violent, he needs, he needs to be rehabilitated. And if he cannot be rehabilitated, then he must face jail time. But what we are calling for essentially as an organization is for justice to be saved. And we are hoping that the law enforcement agencies will do their job, as well as Orlando Pirates, because they are also conducting an internal investigation. They must also do their job. And then uh, should the men be found uh, uh, guilty, 
then he must face the music. In fact, the club must let him go. Sergeant Tile, thank you so much for, for that. Uh, President of Not In My Name. I want to bring in uh, Ignatius France there, who's an advocacy and training manager at the Justice Desk. And uh, thank you so much for making the time to, to assist us unpack all of this, Ignatius. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Pamela. Can we just delve in a little bit? Because you need to help us um, understand where society we sit with our rights, what is possible, what is unreasonable, what what's going to make us safer. That's that's really, I think, at the end of the day, is the biggest question. So the story is that um, this this gentleman. I don't know if I should use the term, but anyway, Alanda Pirates midfielder Timingosi Lodge uh, has allegedly um, he was arrested on the back of uh, allegedly assaulting his girlfriend. And uh, this is apparently after she asked where he had been. He had gone out for some time and he choked her, sat on mm. her and subsequently confiscated the vehicle and uh, left her without means to get help. That's what has been alleged in this particular case. He is now out on bail. He was in Mm. court yesterday. He's out on bail of 2,000 rand. If I'm listening to you now, and I may be in a situation like that, help me understand how yesterday's uh, three bills that were presented uh, are going to help me not be in a situation like this. Sure. Yeah. Look, I, I think firstly the, the the issue around gender-based violence is one that is both straightforward, but is, it is also one that is nuanced. Because if we if we look at it from a legal kind of legal legalistic perspective, we're looking at laws that aim to balance both the rights of the victim and that of the accused or the alleged perpetrator. Mm. But the the bills that that the um, that I think the president had spoken about had, um, and uh, the Minister of Justice, uh, Ronald Lamula, had also mentioned earlier on in the year, uh, focus on, I think, uh, several key things. Um, I'm, I'm going through the domestic violence, uh, the, the amendment bill that they've proposed. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think that, that it, it tries to empower communities um, in, in the fight uh, against gender-based violence. So one of the key um, provisions of the bill is that people with a knowledge of gender-based violence or domestic violence, um, people such as if, they, if a police officer, for instance, is called to a scene and there's a suspicion of gender-based violence in that, in that context, that that police officer or a social worker or whoever might be who's a functionary of the state has an obligation to then report that as that type of case. Mm-hmm. Ignatius, um, but, let me, but, can I yes. ask you to pause there for a second as we take a quick break? Because I think you're on to something there. Ignatius France is an advocacy and training manager at the Justice Desk. As we unpack what uh, yesterday's three bills uh, that were presented by the president on gender-based violence means for all of us and how we can better access them and more importantly, make sure that they make us feel safer. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. So, Ignatius, um, you were still talking to us about the bills and you were still unpacking the bills as presented yesterday by the president. Three bills on gender-based violence. Ignatius France is an advocacy and training manager at the Justice Desk. Uh, please go ahead and, and, and elaborate on, on the first portion of what you were telling us. 
Okay, thank you. So, uh, as I was saying, so what what the bill then allows is a functionary of the state. So, if you, uh, and in this context, I must kind of the the clarity that is needed. So, a functionary could be a police officer, for instance, who might be in the course of doing their their job come across a scene where they suspect something like this happening. Mm. It could also be a social worker who might, for whatever reason, be in a context where maybe they they're investigating something or they are visiting some a family for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But if there's any suspicion on the part of that functionary that there's a gender-based violence or domestic violence issue in that family, they are, in terms of this bill, they have to report it. But I think to take it a step further then is that any adult person um, in, in, in in the community who has knowledge or even if there's only a suspicion of, of gender-based violence or domestic violence, they are empowered to actually then take that and report that to, to the police. Ignatius, so I think does, in, yes. does it then incriminate people who harbor perpetrators in the name of protecting the name of the family? In other words, sometimes, uh, this happens often, there would be a gathering, there would be a discussion, uncles banibani raped nguanas banibani, right? And then there yes. would be a discussion about the fact that, no, 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 in the name of the family, let's rather keep it to ourselves and talk it through. Does that incriminate those individuals who chose to keep it to themselves and deal with it internally and not actually report the the rape of the child? Absolutely. And that is that is one of the key things that, that we are excited about is that for once it places a responsibility not only on the the, the lawmakers, not only on police to be part of the solution, to be part of the protection that we are providing. Um, as, 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 you know, as Kosa people, we, we tend to, we want to speak, mm-hmm. when things are happening in, in families. And I think that's, that's one of the things that we are excited about about this particular bill is that it places the responsibility on anyone with knowledge about gender-based violence. Um, and to, to a certain extent, even around, around issues of children that you have to then, you have to report it. And what? that for me is a step in the, yeah. Would you be summoned as a neighbor who keeps hearing the goo, goo, goo next door and you know what that means and the case eventually goes to court? Would you be summoned to testify and could you be found guilty for not having reported that? You, you, yes. So in a, in a nutshell, you could be found guilty. So it would be an offense mm. if you don't report Yes, it. that's what I mean. Um, but I think... Oh, Yes, but similarly, if, for instance, you only have a suspicion mm-hmm. uh, or you want to report it, but you want to remain anonymous, mm-hmm. the bill allows for that. Okay. That, that, so, so because I think we have this tendency of wanting to do something, but we are afraid that perhaps there will be repercussions because mm-hmm. maybe the family of Mang Mang, who yeah. is the perpetrator, might then say, why did you, uh, you know, give our son over to the police? Mm-hmm. It was none of your business type of thing. Okay, but but I mean, sometimes it gets it's it gets quite overt where the person does know you can see someone runs to your house and you still kind of say, "Hey, I keep looking at that, but you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to mm. mess around." So, so mm. that places the responsibility on you, the witness, to do something about yes. it. Okay, absolutely, and and that for me is a is a is a move in the right direction because uh, as I was talking to my colleagues. 
we 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 need to there's a lot of emphasis that is being placed on the law and in the legal aspects of things mm-hmm. and as we as i was saying to them you know murder is is illegal uh, corruption is illegal all of these different things are illegal but just because we have the law does not mean that they don't happen mm. we have to in the instance of gender based violence we have to also put investment in the prevention mm-hmm. of of these types of crime how do we get our men in South Africa who seemingly are extremely violent, even in instances where violence is not required. Yeah. So, so Ignatius, in the event that, for instance, right, the the attention of the case was brought to an officer, you, you've spoken about a functioning, um, you know, a, fun, a, a, a functionary, a functionary yes. of the state, right? If that happens where you do call out to the police, and the officer themselves says, go sort this out at home. Can I then take it further and then get a case on the police? Yes. Okay. So what, what this absolutely does is that it creates an absolute um, ob- obligation on that functionary to actually report this. But I think, I think Pivolo, what, what, what is also critical about the context that we find ourselves in is that our communities are disempowered with information. Mm. But so too are our police officers. Because if you, if you look, for us, it is very critical if you look at the, the duration of the study for an LLB is four years, mm-hmm. right? But the duration mm. of training for police is way less. <laughs> Yet they are, they are supposed to know much more mm. in, in terms of implementing the laws. So how we've empowered our police to actually be able to do their job is insufficient in the, in, in the way that they are currently doing it. So we need to invest more in training, but specific functions. So we need to have more units that are focused on specific things, so then, like family violence, which we do have. So then... In the event of all that we spoke about just now, in the event of mm. uh, Orlando Pirates midfielder Temingo Siloch, if this had been an act and this had all now passed all the processes and was now currently law, would it mean that the club and the officers, in case they had nothing and they did nothing and they didn't react, they would be implicated in this case? If, if that is if they had knowledge yes. of this case, so yes, there there would be an implication on the part of the police officer who perhaps took the statement and dismissed it, um, or on the part of a functionary of the club who knew of this even prior and did not report it. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, those types of situations would then what this bill then would allow, or if you are saying in your hypothetical, if it was already a law, mm-hmm. we could then say Orlando Pirates, you are guilty of harboring someone who is implicated in gender-based violence. Hmm. So, same hypothesis. There allegedly Mm. was a friend in the vicinity. Would that be somebody who's implicated? Yes. Hmm. In terms of the ex, because they they have knowledge and they did nothing about it. So, that is is the critical part of this bill that for, for us is very exciting is that it, it creates a system or a, at least a potential system of protection for anyone who feels like they are being, uh, you know, their rights are being violated or is, in a, is a, in a situation of domestic violence, that if they themselves feel disempowered to actually go to the police, and that happens quite often where the victim is so disempowered, is so, you know, broken down by this uh, 
systemic nature of the of the abuse that they can't even step outside of the house to go and, and lodge a, a a police uh, to open a case at the police. So someone could then intervene on their behalf with knowledge of what happens in there, and that for me is critical uh, for us as a nation. Uh, let me go quickly to Sandile, who's calling us from Durban. I think they may have a question for you, um, uh, Ignatius. Sure. Sandile, hi. Hi. Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm well. Thanks. Go ahead, Sandile. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm, 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 I see that we, we talk more about what happens next instead of talking about uh, maybe about trying to see what happened before. Because I think if we're trying mm. to always uh, do what ha- try to find out what can we do after... That's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation mm. is what happened before we get to making those laws. If we get to get to the reality of it and understand what happened, because I have an uncle who, when the guy and, 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 and the lady were 20 years of age, they were fighting. My uncle tried to separate them. He was killed in the process. But these people are married today. And, and you think of those situations, that's why I'm saying... If we can look at saying what happened before people get to abuse one another instead of looking at what the law says after it has happened. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for that, Sandile. Sandile is, is calling us from Durban. I'm going to come back to you, Ignatius. I've also got Walter Mukwena, who's advisor to the Office of the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture as well, to just weigh in on this particular case and, and how this informs them going forward. I'll do that just in a short while. But let me go to Utsile Saku for the latest in headlines at 2.30. Life Happens with Pinelo Modine. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm going to welcome into the conversation Walter Mukwena, who is advisor to the Office of the Minister of Sport, Arts and Culture. And this is on the back of a story that came to my attention, I think quite late in, in the day. Um, Orlando Pirates midfielder Temungosi Lodge uh, was arrested by police a few days ago after he was allegedly um, you know, reported to the police by a girlfriend who it's alleged he, he beat up, choked and so on, confiscated the car, and and so it goes. He did appear in court. He's on 2,000 rand bail. He will be back again in court sometime later in a few weeks. Let's just bring in Walter into the fold here and ask Walter, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the story. I'm not hearing statements coming out of the department. Why? Good afternoon, Pimelo. Good afternoon, Ignatius. And good afternoon to... uh, to the listeners of SFM. Mm. Well, um, the matter of the the, the statement, uh, and I'd like to just put a disclaimer, I've been on leave, just returned back. So I've no, uh, I haven't even been to the office uh, to interact with uh, any of the colleagues in the communications department so to find out, uh, you know, what has happened at the moment. I'm not in a position to to comment around uh, why that hasn't been the case because I've just not been at work at all. This is, in fact, the first really engagement that uh, I was asked by the comms team to attend to, uh, which is why we are talking this afternoon. You would agree that's not good enough, Walter. It's it was this. This is a story that's a couple of days old. Um, stories don't last days these days. They happen instantaneously, and things happen. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. Uh, I think uh, you know, uh, you are correct with what you are saying. Uh, we should have uh, uh, been in the front line of, uh, you know, condemning uh, 
this this sort of action, all manifestation uh, of gender-based violence, um, and really come up in a very clear, crystal clear manner to say that, um, uh, you know, as government, we really expect uh, and, and that is the duty and responsibility of all the sporting codes, the clubs, the federations to be in the front line of this fight. And individual sports, uh, individual uh, uh, sports people as well, they all have a duty to be in the front line in the fight against the gender-based violence. Yes, without knowing um, the details internally, what would have happened, I would say that we should have already at this stage uh, you know, issued out. I mean, the the reason we come to you, um, you know, it may feel a little bit unfair, but the reason we come to you is because you represent us. You are our last port of call. There is the club. There are, as you said, colleagues. There's a fraternity. There's all sorts of spaces where we were looking for some reaction and none of it came to the fore. It begs Mm. the question what why what, what you know there was a match that happened this past weekend everybody was talking about the the match right and and one wonders something like this happens to a celebrated player and it's radio silence well as as i said uh, you know Timely, you're correct I, I i would not like to speak on behalf of uh, as you can imagine the mm. department has got a communications team um, and uh, they have their own processes uh, on how they do things. So for not having been able to interact with them and find out what were the reasons, if there are any delays, mm-hmm. and consult with the relevant people, there, it is difficult for me to say, as I say, I've just uh, returned to work from being on leave, so he's trying to catch up with what has been happening and see you know, where things are. So uh, for that reason, I, I do not have all the facts to be able to make a, a meaningful contribution as to the reasons why it has not uh, taken okay. place. You now know, um, now you know, as somebody who sits in the office of the Department of, uh, and as an advisory, what kind of way forward are we charting with things like these happening? It's not the first one. It may not be the last one. What kind of influence does the department have on on the fraternity? And what kind of advice would you be giving going forward? Well, um, I think that, um, as I've said, as uh, the government, we, we clear that, you know, we all must play a role in the fight against the gender-based violence. You see, I think we we we, we all have a, a role and a responsibility because um, um, uh, the, the, all the people that work for, for government and the department, they come from society. And uh, being member, members of society, you know, we all have a duty and responsibility towards, you know, ourselves and development and and protection of every single uh, member of society. So I would say that it should be a concerted role for all of us uh, to play a role in this and uh, and, and look to fight, um, you know, all the manifestations of uh, of gender-based violence. But but I do accept that um, as government we need to take a much more uh, leading role. And also, you know, I, I see it as um, as an inter a departmental um, a issue because there the, the is an issue of um, 
uh, you know, where you bring in departments such as, um, you know, Department of Social Development, which uh, also has a role to play in this, ourselves, sport, arts and culture. There's also the Department of Basic Education, because all of this, they, they cut across the, the different spheres uh, and, and level of, of, of government. The Department of Justice itself on how, you know, these cases are, are treated, the um, the police itself, you know, how uh, these matters are expedited and all of that. So uh, there are no uh, just one size fits all solutions here. Sure. We and all have to play a role, you no, know, no, no. in our Absolutely right. Areas. With the Department of Justice, I would like to see, I would ask them questions around the 2000 Rand and so on. With the Department of the Police, I'd ask them about the re- re- arrest and so on. With you, it's a really simple question. I want to know if at the next Pirates match, will you have influence on the fact that I'll see him playing? Well, um, first, we must commend the steps that have been taken by uh, uh, Orlando Pirates football clubs where he plays his club football because all the players, they, they, they've got the, 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 the handbook. Uh, code and, and ethics handbook uh, that uh, that governs their conduct, you know, on and off the field. And uh, we must applaud Orlando Pirates for already taking the steps to suspend the player and launch an internal investigation, which um, will allow also that internal process to unfold. But also we deal through the, the, the mother body, the South African Football Association, which in turn, you know, uh, you know deals with, with, with the club. So indeed, we'll be getting uh, in touch with the SAFA you know, to be able to find out exactly what is going to happen next. But we do not want to preempt uh, this process because the due process of law must take its course. And, um, and, uh, and, and we must wait for that. But while we do so, also urge, you know, that, um, uh, you know, the, the justice system are able to, to quickly expedite, you know, the, the, these processes so that it's not seen as uh, someone who's more famous in society is getting preferential treatment, uh, that we are all equal before the law. So uh, this is really where we are. We, we are with, um, you know, the people of this country who are outraged at this act. And uh, we also want to once again call upon, you know, uh, all of society, you know, to, to really participate in, uh, in fighting this, uh, you know, this, this scourge and the serious challenges. Uh, of gender-based uh, violence, and 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 really, it's um, it's, it's for all of us to to be part of this fight if we are going to defeat it. Walter, if you don't mind, there's a voice note that's going to come through. Please stay with us. I know you've got to go. Um, um, we're going to take a voice note and then come back with a reaction. If you don't mind, can we do that? Yes, of course. Go ahead. Okay, sure. You're listening to Pimelo Mutini on SAFM. Hi, Pimelo. It's Eric over here. Uh, my take on that story of Tembikosi Lodge is that the media have or they they do what they always do. They always take side. They report what they feel it will sell. If they don't feel the story will sell, they don't they don't bother. You see. So yeah, they 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 always do. So I'm not surprised. That's why they always some people they say the media can make you or break you. <laughs> Thank you. Afternoon, uh, Pamela Lodge must face the mighty of the law. You must not get away with this. The Paris must set an example with him. Not unfairly so, but just to send a message 
to all the people out there his supporters too that if you violate or abuse a woman these are the consequences it should be just like that you know we mustn't uh, treat cases differently this man must face the music thank you morris from nelspite really uh lodge must be must leave the club because of he had a, he had a fight with his girlfriend but where as men of south africa where must you go and stay Iban. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Minister of Art and Culture recently, I think, was launching three books. The one would be Matosini and other two ladies. And you should have said something But they chose to ignore. I don't think they were not aware. They chose to ignore it. More especially, Utimkos is a player, and they should have said something. They just chose to ignore. As much as Walter says he was uh, on leave, he might have been on leave, but it what about the rest of them. Yeah. Bandabas, celebs, and rich people, they always get their way, and politicians. I'm in conversation with Ignatius France, advocacy and training manager at the Justice Desk. Walter Mukwen as well. Uh, he's from he's an advisor to the Office of the Minister of Sports, Art and Culture. Ignatius, I want you to specifically address the person who said, really, he must leave the club because he had a fight with his girlfriend. What's your response to that? Yo, I, th- thank, thank you. Look, I think what, one of the key things that we, we, that we need to understand is that in South Africa, we have a culture of impunity. Men especially can do and get away with things in, at a rate that is unprecedented. So when, when we are saying, and I think it has to be very clearly stated, when we are saying that someone who does this has to face the consequences of their actions, it has to be very clear that once the, uh, the investigation is done, that they must, they must then be fired if that is, if that is what, what needs to happen. But the, at the same time, whilst we are trying to then, uh, in relation to that voice note, we cannot be protecting men who are uh, clearly, in this instance, uh, the, the case must still be proven, but in this instance, someone who has strangled and, and you know, abused, um, hit their, their girlfriend, you cannot just get away with whatever. And like, like the, the other voice note was also saying is that there seems to be a culture of those in power get away with things. And I think as, as someone, Uten Bengosi is a, is, a, is, a, is a role model for many young men in, in, in our country. What, 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 what is the standard that he's been setting for those young men who are looking up to him? There's, so- there's different levels of consequence that we have to unfortunately uh, put people who perpetrate these types of acts um, through, yeah. Walter, without dictating what must happen internally, I mean, what's the principle and the position in the case like this, specifically responding to the caller that says, really, he must leave the club because he had a fight with his girlfriend? From a principle point of view, what is the department's position? Should the guy still be playing? Well, um, you know, uh, Pimelo, the the reality of how we operate, I know that um, uh, uh, the, the department chaired by 
Minister Natum Teto as the political head of the department. All we can do, we, we, we do not get involved uh, at the operational level of any sporting federations. And hence, uh, through the Sports and Recreation Act, a sports federation gets recognized by the department. And by virtue of that recognition, uh, they are then therefore accountable. So for ours is to really um, engage with the South African Football Association, as according to the, you know, the, the prescripts of that, engage with the South African Football Association. And the South African Football Association uh, has a special member called the Premier Soccer League. The Premier Soccer League it is where Orlando Pirates is playing and where the player in question plays for the club. So there are processes, you know, uh, we can't just jump all of those processes because just now, you know, the accuser's government that wants to in- interfere. Uh, you can imagine if we get involved in any of the things that would happen, you know, how many sporting codes. And so we would not be able to do our, our job is really to create a conducive platform and make sure that uh, any wrongdoing that happens there, okay. the clubs and the federations are held accountable. If there's failure, yeah. if they fail to do that, then uh, the department can act. But for now, we have to allow them time and space okay. to be able to do what is expected of them in I, their I, role as leaders of football. I'm going to tell you, Walter, that that principle that you've just given me now is not consistent to how you've acted. Yes. Because in the case of our favorite runner, um, Castasimina, mm. we all know that internationally, federations have not received her with warm arms and as a principal position yourselves the country has been very vocal in your support for her and her career am i wrong well the issue of caster semenya is another matter that's been going on for a, for a very long while and the department in fact has been involved uh, through the macro body of sports sasco and athletics south africa so even in that case in helping to, to support the case of Casasmania. It has been done through the relevant channels of SASCOC and, and the, the body that is responsible for athletics, which is Athletics South Africa. But, but the so point even, here, Walter, is that we know, we as the public know where we stand with you with regards to Casta. There has been open support for her, which we welcome. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say while there are processes internally, we've been very clear yes. about how you've supported her, which we welcome. Similarly, I'm saying to you, we would like a similar stance on condemnation. I, I agree with you, Pamela, and I've agreed with you earlier on when we started this conversation. However, I'm saying that um, uh, the issue of Casta Semenya has been, is, is been an issue that has been ongoing. All of those processes have taken place a long time ago. So this has been consistent position of the department throughout in supporting Casta, working in tandem with the relevant, uh, you know, because also these are the, 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 the federations that have intimate detail and knowledge of what has taken place because we don't want to jump the gun and make pronouncements on things that we don't really understand what has happened. I'm not saying this is the case, mm-hmm. but we, we hold a view that says those that are tasked to do that, I mean, for instance, in, in this case, I'm explaining mm-hmm. that, yes, we should have, uh, that should have happened. However, these processes, when we see that it's not happening, then we write to the relevant federation. We can't write to the club. We have to write to staff. Yes, no, no, sure. We write to their members. Sure. Walter Mugwena, thank you so much. I'm going to have to leave it there. He's advisor to the Office of the Minister of Sports, but, Arts no, 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 and... Before, yes, before go I ahead. Leave, sure. 
um, this is what I'd like to say, my parting shot, mm-hmm. is that, you know, uh, uh, South Africa as a violent society, and, 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 and we need to first also look towards understanding the consequences of apartheid violence on our people and, and start as a society to begin this cultivating this, this culture of peace. Because if a country comes from a culture of violence across the board, we need to then, but also that being led by the leaders in society and government in the main, to say, how do we start cultivating a culture of peace? I believe that is the conversation that we need to start to have. But thank you very much All for right, the thanks opportunity. Thanks very much. Uh, Walter Mugwena, the advisor to the Office of the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture. I'm going to also thank you, Ignatius Franz, Advocacy and Training Manager at the Justice Desk.